0: Hello listener, I am Shakir Skari, recently associated with a few concerned citizens of Lower Bailey Mina, and also a miscreant named Arabet. I am not entirely certain I understand everything they had been doing before I met them, but here is the story as I was told. A few seasons ago, working for the extra-legal department of Stark Weather and Fair, Nari Hulu was assigned to assemble a syndicate of sorts to assist in his operations. Assembling a cadre of operatives to aid him, he affronted local businessman, Thrasher. The team of operatives were assigned to deal with a pack of rats. Were-rats, actually. Having done so, Nari was summoned to a meeting with the partners of Starkweather and Fair that ended with a trip to the dream. It fell to his sister, Ziva, to find a way to get Loch Calder and Erebet, along with Erebet's now-missing apprentice, Timote into the dream to rescue Nari. During their adventures, much was revealed, including Ziva's determination to remain unmarried despite the instructions of her then grandmother, the grand machinist, the Violet Vicomtesse. Challenged by this demand, Ziva led her brother and their allies on a merry chase of chaos and havoc through the houses of the Fey Lords. They managed to defeat Count Crimson at his beloved hunt, Sick Grubul that is not a name, Demon of the Archive and Ziva's Paramore on the Sorcerer Lord Indigo. Meanwhile, Erebet survived the challenge of a duel to the death with local redcaps. Calder sustained a wound that sent his consciousness to a constructed body, and sent his own form through a major growth spurt. However, Timote went missing while following a white sparrow, and Nari. Having rekindled his friendly rivalry with his former companion Duke Gallo-Glass of Green, freed his mind servant Jobsworth from Gallo-Glass by firing him. All of which came to a head at the grand ball, where the now Violet Vicomtesse Junior Ziva was to announce a Violet alliance through marriage with one of the other Hughes, which in the end she refused to do. This angered the Violet Vicomtesse herself, and the Great Fay Lady ceased to sponsor Nari cast out Ziva, and disconnected herself in all dealings via her agency of Starkweather and Fair. Meanwhile, in Bailey Mina, I was forcibly introduced to Delilah Del Rey when some of Thrasher's employees interrupted her errand to find her missing roommate Ursula. As I was unwilling to let a young lady be intimidated into a carriage by strangers, I stepped in. In the end, I accompanied her to a lovely dinner at the Cerulean Lute, wherein she made an agreement with Thrasher regarding the care of Erebet's district as assigned by the Thieves' Guild. We parted ways, and she returned to her errand, but in making our own way home, my longtime friend Dugan and I were momentarily detained by some street thugs who had no idea what they were getting themselves into. After dealing with them, I discovered Delilah too had run into a difficult time. Later, I would learn that the knoll menacing her, Eagles, was a killer of some renown. Delilah and I were able to dispatch Giggles and her henchmen, but only at the cost of Dugan's life. You deserve better, my friend. Miss Delray and I parted ways then, but she arrived on my doorstep later in the night, again requesting my aid. I learned then of the difficulty she had been having with one Galio Despard, and agreed to let her stay. While I still do not understand it, that night I had a dream in which Dugan and I had a final conversation, in which he warned me that someone was on their way to kill me. However, the only person that came to my door was my sister Layla. She asked me to come and speak with her later, which I did, and learned our father had come home to deal with me. He gave me one year to make right with the family, and then turned me out. Fortunately, Miss Delray met me at the train with an offer of a place to stay and the promise of getting even. And so we did, following the chain from Giggles to Grenick, a fight promoter that had sent Giggles after Delilah on behalf of Despard. We were not able to kill him when we visited him in his establishment, but soon after we were able to locate him outside of his walls and extract justice. It was around then that the sojourners returned, glad to be home but much changed by their ordeal. Delilah and Erebet have reached an uneasy peace as we band together to deal with Despot and his allies, defending the Ironfire Bramble and Erebet's lost acre from his predations. And of course, to find Ursula.
1: Welcome to Runelanders. I'm Matt Adam, your host and friendly neighborhood dungeon master. And so it's my job to let you know that Runelanders contains coarse language and things that might offend sensitive listeners. And so listener discretion is strongly advised. Now, if that sort of thing is your sort of thing, then dig, if you will, the mysteries, magic and mayhem, which follow a felonious fellowship's forays from salons and saloons into parlors of power and places unknown in, around, above, and beneath Byzantine Bailey Mina. Having returned from an autumn spent lost in the dream, will our fiends survive the winter in the city of steel and steam? We could tell you all about it, but we'd rather show you. We're the Runelanders. This is Rapscallions. So get ready, Runatics, and let's roll. They came a generation ago, settlers from the Riverlands. They built their homes on the undersides of bridges, in the spaces between, and in the tunnels beneath. They worked the jobs that nobody else wanted for wages nobody else would accept. They lived in tight quarters, in uncomfortable numbers. They ate those things which others would throw away and saved every spare penny. They survived, and eventually they flourished. They found the places nobody else wanted and made them their own. Take this place, for example. Where others might see it in an old barrel cellar, one of theirs saw a concert hall, and... Well, it sure ain't opera that's going on in there. That three-foot bombshell on the stage has the crowd's full attention. Watchers strut and snarl and growl across the stage. This, my friends, is Daisy, and as she boom shakes the room, The floor jumps up and down, all eyes not closed with the ecstasy of the music are locked on her and her band. The beat is alive, the room locked in the rhythm. With crescendo she spreads her arms, turns to face the band and falls backwards. The crowd catches her and she drifts in that aimless fashion typical to the act of crowd surfing. He's waiting for her when she returns from the powder room and he hands her a beer. She takes a long pull and he leans in to tell her something that raises her eyebrows. With a mischievous look, he clicks open his watch and shows her the face. Five minutes to Winter, the day the world stops. He takes her by the wrist and leads her away from the bar then. Curious, she goes around the back of the crowd toward the door. The camera switches to show them in the round entrance hall in silhouette then. The music is still too loud to hear what they're saying and... He turns to rest his back against the wall. As they jog to a hall, she pirouettes in place, enjoying her stage rush. As the boys wrap up that song and start another one without her, we see him reach into his waistcoat pocket, and as he withdraws that which is within, he takes a knee. When she sees this, she freezes for a moment, then raises the knuckles of her right hand to her mouth before slowly nodding quickening in pace. He stands then, and puts the ring on her finger. She throws her arms around his head, he throws his arms around her waist, and leaning back, he turns her in a circle as she kisses her agreement to marry him all over his face. And just like that, three, two, one. Happy dead winter, you kids. As usual, Delilah, he's not in bed, and the sun is not even up. Like, this about now time of day is when you go to bed. He's had to go into bed abominably early for the last month or so. So now, granted, it hasn't been a complete waste of your time, but that's none of my business. As you roll around in bed, you, you roll over to see if he's actually gotten up. And he has. The, the sheets aren't even warm. You crack an eye and the, 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 the sky is that dishwater color. Winter. The winter is here and it started and it's gonna snow in the next couple of days. And at some point in the next week or two, all the leaves will be gone and it's gonna get cold. And it's going to be wearing sweaters time and, you know, your least favorite season the winter, shitty, cold, gray, muckiness down here in the bottom of Bailey Mina. You close your eyes against it and pull your feather tick up over your head and snuggle into the many pillows and soft mattress. It's one of those things, it's the morning, you're up, you know he's gonna be up with coffee and a plate of breakfast in a few minutes because not only does it make you go to sleep abominably early, he makes you get up abominably early too. You're not sure if it's human, but it surely isn't humane. So it is still comfortably dim in here. And now that Arabet's back, well, things definitely seem to be feeling better. You don't have to go to Lost Acre today. You could probably just spend more time, and you know, if he has no plans, Tiki takes off around two in the afternoon, and you'd have the whole place to yourself. And so you ponder that for just a moment, and a slow smile spreads across your face. And I need you to spend a sorcery point, please done. Oh, hi, babe. I don't know if I'm doing this right. I don't know if you can hear me, but I'm scared, Dee. To... Oh. Help me, Delilah. I need you. They've got me at Swan's, and I don't know what I'm going to do. I can't get out. They won't let me call you. And they said that it costs so much that i never see the sun again, Delilah, <laughs> And the scene cuts to a well-appointed room where a bear lady sits crumpled over, bent on her bed with her broad shoulders sobbing, having prayed for the first time in her life and hoping beyond hope that it works. Over to you, Delilah.
0: It takes Delilah a few minutes to be able to move again. She didn't really, it never occurred to her that that would work either. And she drags herself out of bed and squeaks every board in the hallway, which is something she has never done before, and almost falls down the stairs. Shakir? What? Sh- Shakir, she's at Swans. Mm-hmm.
1: Runelanders is recorded live and curated, produced, and edited by me with indispensable help from Cassie Goodwin-Harrison, Matthew Harrison, Chris Stokovaz, Greg Setnik, and Carrie Copley. All the usual people played all the usual parts, and if you want to know more about them, you can find out all about them, all about the little Easter eggs that I scattered through these episodes, and so much more at runelanders.com. Watch for our vastly improved website coming up soon. That'll about do it for this episode. Next time on Moonlanders, we're gonna have some wicked awesome fun. You have to check it out. We'll see you then. I'm DM Matt Adam. I'm DM Good Guy. Reminding you to roll high and don't die. Until next. Take good care. Sure.